0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 331. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Um, I didn't say this yesterday, and I meant to. It was in my notes. But I want to say a great job to Illumination uh, hosting that episode with Ross Johnston. Um, I just wanted to say... Congratulations to Nate, she did an amazing job. I watched over the over the weekend I watched the episode with her and Ross, um you know, he was involved in the um a big it was a rainbow revival. It was about a lot of people in the LGBTQ community coming to Jesus just as mass exodus away from that lifestyle into the kingdom and um I thought illumination just an amazing job. I was so proud of her. I was just like I was beaming the whole time. Um, And so I thought she did a great job. Everybody show her some love if you haven't already. Um, And if you haven't listened to that episode or watched it, please go check it out. It was from uh, two. It was about like a week ago, week, week ish ago. Yeah. Episode 327. So um, yeah, she did such a great job. So guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure to follow Elijah Fire podcast. That'll really help us out. Also, if you're listening on the Spotify app, make sure to rate this. Give us an honest rating. One to five stars. Uh, You guys have been really generous um, and kind uh, with your reviews, and we really appreciate that. Also, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, make sure to rate it there. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and beyond. Uh, I like to shout out all the Podbean people every now and then uh, because you're in the minority. I like to give you a shout out. So hello to all the Podbean pod bean people. Um, all right. Uh, I think we're good. I am super stoked about having this guest on. I've been wanting to get this guy on for a while. Um, and a big shout out to Carissa for actually being the one to originally draw my attention to Craig Cooney. Um, about a, I think it was about like a y- sometime this year. Uh, it was like early this year, I think. Um, and uh, yeah. So uh, for those who don't know who he is he's uh he's a prophetic voice he's an author he's also the founder of Daily Prophetic. Let's give it up for our guest today, Craig Cooney. Craig Cooney. Welcome. Hey
2: Jeff, welcome. Welcome. Good to have uh, good to be with you here yeah. in Ireland across the pulling
1: all the way from Northern Ireland. Yeah yes northern yeah. ireland correct northern
2: ireland at the moment yeah we, yes. we uh, have lived in southern ireland but yeah just south of uh, the city of belfast yeah
1: and so we were we were talking backstage uh we actually got connected through a mutual friend christina baker yeah. who's a friend of the show wonderful uh, yeah and uh big shout out to christina for for making this happen and the lord for uh yeah for, Amen. <laughs> Yeah. So, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? There's a lot of people who know who you are. Um, you have a fairly decent platform, um, you know. So, there's a lot of people, you know, that are hanging out over in your camp. But there's a lot of people who don't know who you are. So why don't you tell people who Craig Cooney is? Sure, sure. Uh, Craig Cooney from Northern Ireland, married to
2: the beautiful Becky. We've been married for almost 15 years. We've got a little boy, Elijah, who is 11, going on 19 right (laughs) now. I have been a pastor, an ordained pastor, for around 20 years, uh, serving in three uh, main churches. We tend to go into churches that are struggling that they uh, are maybe uh, in their last legs and, and God sends us there and we spend maybe five, seven years there, whatever it is, and uh, and and then move on quite often uh, once we've put in structures and leadership and seen God move. And so we've seen God do incredible things. Then in about 2018, i decided i i wanted to learn instagram and uh, and so i set up this a page called daily prophetic that was really as spiritual as it was yeah (laughs) and uh, and i just i literally would just start asking god each day what do you want to say to your people Mm. and i would start writing it down and immediately. Uh, and it really was one of those things where God just breathed on it. Uh, I, wa- I had no desire to establish a platform. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was simply trying to learn Instagram and encourage God's people. And I have this expression, follow your favor, follow your favor. Yeah, that's good. Lean into where there's momentum. Look at what God is blessing. Look at what his hand is upon and press into that as opposed to trying to force things that he's not endorsing. Yeah. Look at where the blessing and the wind of God is. And that changes in different seasons, obviously, and we may get into that. But uh, but it seemed that there was this wind of God behind Daily Prophetic. And I just kept doing this day after day after day while still leading a, a church and, uh, and, and, and obviously being a husband and father and God just kept breathing on. And I discovered that, when I we had went through quite a significant transition in the few years before that as a family, and we might get into that. Uh, when I when I started to talk about transition and the the challenges of transition and navigating transition, it seemed to really resonate with people, and people were asking questions and DMing me and asking for more. And so at the end of 2018, I, I wrote my first book called The Tension of Transition. Wow. and uh, and that was really birthed out of our own journey and it has helped a lot of people navigate this this messy middle that I call it, this in-between where you've left something, somewhere, sometimes someone behind,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but and you know that God has called you away and you know that that's not for you anymore, yeah. but you're not really sure completely what's right. on the other yeah. side yet. And so, I, I one of the things I say in the book is people say God never closes one door without opening
1: another one, but they don't talk about the hallway in See, between. that. I actually haven't heard anyone talk about that, Craig. And then I saw a a post you made a couple of months ago talking about that, and that was a really big. That was a big deal for me and for my wife, and that's that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on was because, um, your your words, there's a couple of other people's too, where it was, it kind of felt like you were spying on me, you know, like it's that type of thing. It's always kind of funny when you see things in the prophetic where you're like, dude, this, everything, this guy's, it's like, he's got like, he's like spying on me and he's just like, Hey, this is secretly for Jeff, you know? Um, but was that whole idea of what do you do? It's easy to go. Okay. One, one door closes, another opens, you walk into it, but there have been times where the door closes and I'm like, now what? I don't see another door. And you described that hallway between two doors. And I was like, yes, man, like that.
2: And the thing is this, Jeff, when you're in the hallway, you don't know how long it's going to last. (laughs) Right. It would be wonderful if you exited one place and walk. And occasionally that does happen where you exit and enter in a very short period. But that hallway can be long, it can be lonely, and it can be dark. Yeah. And it can be discouraging. And actually, I think this is a season where a lot of people have been in a long transition. Yeah. Yeah. Where it feels almost like people have become delayed in transition. It feels like we have left globally so much behind. Personally, we've left things behind. God has removed things, God has stripped things away. And we know there's more on the other side, but. We and we we get glimpses of it, but we're not crossing over, and that can lead to to frustration. It can lead to disappointment, Absolutely. and it can lead to a sense of wanting to go back to Egypt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wanting, you know, you glorify the place you left. Yeah, didn't we sit around all day and have bowls of stew and and they, you know the way that the the Israelites they were slaves who had a miserable life. But once things got difficult in the wilderness of transition, they started to reminisce about the good old days back in slavery. Yeah. And I a lot of people at the moment are in that wilderness, that, that in-between place, and it's been a long journey. And there's this temptation to go back to the old, but the old has nothing for you. Yeah. If God has called you out of it, there is no reason to go back into it. But I do Sense at the minute that this has been a very long, difficult transition. There's a, an author called Bruce Feiler. I think he's a believer, and he says that in life, and as a, as adults, we go through about five significant transitions. Okay, we call them life quakes. They're the major life-altering transitions. So it's not just moving from one job to another; it's changing your career. Hmm. It's not just moving across town. It's relocating to a different state. Those major, you know, losing a spouse, whatever that is, we go through three to five, but around five of those in our adult lives. And those can take between three months to three years and up to five years hmm. transition, which is encouraging for some and incredibly discouraging because some people are like, I can't do this. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. But yeah. The, the,
2: the encouragement there is if you're in a long transition, it means that you're that 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 the place in the other the that, that, that change is greater the place god is bringing you to is not just a slight alteration of where you have been he's moving you into a new
1: land yeah yeah and i think that's the that's it's hard to see it when you're in it but that is something that is encouraging is if you're following the lord it's unto something it's not just go over there, Jeff. And then you go over there and he's like, ha ha sucker. Yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like we don't, we don't have that with God. And, and I think that's where Satan can come in and, and really try to, God has abandoned you. He doesn't hear your prayers. He doesn't. And, and the thing you'll hear all the time when someone goes through something really difficult and they press in and God appears distant, mm-hmm. there's always a revelation. And it's always this big thing when people talk about it is no, God was there the whole time. And yeah. I, 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 and now I see it and. And so um, I've never heard anybody come out the other side, a spirit filled believer who went through a difficult season or went through a transitional time and then said, and God felt distant and he was. And and in the end, you know, like I've never heard anybody say that. And so I think that's the that's the comfort we can have is, okay, hang on, like this is unto something. This isn't just pointless. And what's produced in me during this time is actually going to yield good fruit. Yeah. Once I get into this next thing, whatever it is.
2: Well, there's some things God can only do in the wilderness. Yeah. We don't like the wilderness, and that's okay. We're not meant to like the wilderness. Yeah. But there are some things that only can happen in the wilderness to prepare you for the promised land.
1: Yeah. Well, talk you about know- that. Let's talk about that some more. Cause okay. I, I think that's going to really like, um, cause there's a lot of people in that place right now in the wilderness. Well, let,
2: Let's take the, I mean, let's take the Israelites, for example, you, they had been slaves for over 400 years. Yeah. They had a slavery mentality, mm-hmm. a slave a slave survives on the bare minimum. A slave lives in fear. A slave, uh, does whatever the master tells them out of fear, not out of love. God wanted his people to become, to not be slaves, but to be sons. Hmm. So the wilderness was part of, of their identity change. They needed yeah. to move from obeying out of fear to obeying out of love. And they 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 really struggled with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why they, uh, many of them didn't enter the post because they couldn't change their identity. They couldn't grasp hold of a father who loves them. They couldn't grasp hold of a father who wanted to provide for their needs. And so they kept complaining about not having enough food in them. And God did provide that. They complained about the manna. And so there was this identity shift that had to go on. It, you know, you've heard the expression that took one day to get them out of Egypt. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think in our own lives, it can, we we can move out of something quite quickly, but it can take a lot longer f- for us to get it out of us. <laughs> And we can be carrying stuff. And God is trying, because we can't, there are things in us and things that we've become attached to, and there's residue there and debris there from past that we cannot carry into the new season. Otherwise, it will actually damage our ability to, to, to step fully into the calling that God has for us. And so the process of transition is to shed some things that we cannot carry into the Mm. next place it's Mm. a preparation place it's a place where god shapes us it's a place where god forms us and it's a place where god teaches us to trust him Mm. that he is a good good father it's not just a song we sing when life is good but when we're in the wilderness is he still just as good Mm. do we do we really believe that you know, I, I got engaged to my my now wife after four months of dating. I was 33, 34 at the time. So if you're 18, 19, don't do that. OK, but I was 34. She was uh, 30. And I remember being out with a couple of bachelor buddies, uh, probably after we were dating for two months and I was telling them I'm going to marry this girl. I mean, we knew very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same like with said, my wife. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you just yeah. And uh, and they said, how do you know? How do you know? How can you know? And they were really quite concerned because they said, Craig, you haven't seen her in every situation. You haven't been through all of these different struggles with her, you, you know, and, and, and they were right in one sense, but here's what I said to them. I said, you're right. I haven't seen her in every situation, but I know her character and I know her heart hmm. and they won't change.
1: Hmm.
2: And 15 years later, that has been proven to be absolutely true. Mm. That we have been through a lot of highs and lows over the years, but her character and her heart have not changed. And it's the same with God. The circumstances may change, the surroundings may change, the environments, the struggles, the challenges may face, but our God is the same. God, his character is the same. He is good. He is faithful. And his plans towards you are only good.
1: Hmm. Some people need to just like sit on that for a second. These plans for you are only good. Yeah. Yeah. So Craig, why do you think, I mean, I would love to hear your insight into again, all of this is like I was saying earlier is, is unto something why is it that so many people are in this place right now? There's so many people. It feels like just this mass displacement of wherever we were. And all of a sudden it's like, you're kind of like on a journey somewhere. And then you look to your left and you see someone in the distance. You look to your right, you see something in the di- someone in the distance and, and then more and more and more people all of a sudden you realize more and more people are walking the same direction yeah. as you and step with you. And you're like, why, why are we doing this? Like, like, why are we all going? We're obviously all... It, again, it's unto something. So I would love to hear your insight into, like, the why. The why behind this, I if you think have it's, any.
2: Yeah, I think it's part of this bigger picture. That we are living, not just through personal transitions, we are living through the most significant global transition that any of us listening to this will ever have walked through. Hmm. Ever. It, and And it began... I think it, I, I believe it began around Rosh Hashanah in 2019. Uh, and obviously, there was the, the pandemic or whatever it was in 2020. Yeah. And we moved through that and we all breathed this sigh of relief and, you know, everything's <laughs> going to be great. We're going to go back to normal. And that hasn't happened.
1: You're yeah, like, but, oh, normal died, actually. Yeah, normal died. <laughs> normal
2: died. Normal is never coming back. And actually, yeah. neither, neither should it. Um, what, was yeah. so, what was so great about normal? Um, but again, we reminisce about the good old days of 2019, but back there we were complaining. Um, but Mm -hmm. I I think we are part of this massive global transition right now that we have, I have a friend called Jared Cooper in the UK. He's a pastor and worship leader, and he wrote a book called 500 in in 2017, it was the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, um, Martin Luther. And he has this theory that every 500 years, God does a, a significant global transition that impacts the church and impacts the world. So 500 years was the Protestant Reformation. Not exactly. I mean, it could not exactly. Yeah. It's a, yeah. 500 years before that, the Orthodox Church split off from the Catholic Church. And we had the the splitting of the, the churches. 500 years before that was the downfall of, of Rome. Uh, The Roman Empire. Five hundred years before that was the birth of Christ. Five hundred years before that was the end of the exile. Five hundred years before that was David, and so on and so on and so on. So I Mm -hmm. I, I began to read this and began to think. You know what? There is some merit in this. That every five hundred years, God almost takes the chessboard and throws it in the air, and resets everything. But when you're living through it, I don't think you fully realize. I mean, I don't think Martin Luther and the reformers five hundred years ago realized that they would change human history when he nailed those 95 theses to the door of a church in Wittenberg. I don't think he, he thought that this, the ramifications of what he was living through, we would still be living through 500 years later. And I think we are living through one of those global, major tectonic shaking transitions right now, and we don't even realize it. And it's a bit like a, a boat. The bigger the boat, the slower it turns. A little transition, a speedboat can turn quickly. A huge ocean liner can has to turn quite slowly. And that's why this transition feels longer than it should be. That's why this transition feels like it's in delay. It's not in delay. Things are moving, they're just moving slower than we have experienced in the past. And it's affecting the church. And we're seeing all sorts of things happen in the church. We're seeing major changes in the church. We're seeing it feels like every week one of the you know the, the, there's there's another story about another mega church or so, and and there's this dismantling going on in the church, and it's also reflected in the world with the conflicts we're seeing with what's happening obviously in Ukraine with what's happening in in Israel and we're go- we're going to see more of that. I call the 2020s are going to be a decade of disruption.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit elijahfire.com/give. Wow.
2: <laughs> and sweet. and so I <laughs> so I think if we're expecting things to improve next month we're we're probably i think we have actually got to become comfortable with disruption yeah i think that's a great perspective you know i think we've got to just say you know what our lord is at work or the spirit is sovereign in this we have got to become comfortable in disruption we have got to understand that this is the period that and here's the thing god could have chosen you to live at any period in human history You could have been born in the 40s you could have been born in the nine or in the in the 60s you could have been born 15 years from now god chose you god looked into all eternity and said i need you alive for such a time as this hmm. Acts 17 he he determined the times and places in which we would live and god knew that the the, the 21st century that the 2020s would, would be a significant turning point, a pivotal point in history and he said who do I need to represent me on the earth at that time and he chose you. So you can look at this this decade of disruption and be fearful and, 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 and anxious or you can look at it as God placed me here for a reason and for a purpose and I am going to seek him and I am going to step into the fullness of why he has placed me here because it will be the best of times and the worst of times. This this is an Isaiah 60 season where great darkness covers the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises upon his people. Hmm. And so we're going to see glory and glory. <laughs> We're, we're going to see darkness and harvest. We're going to see the best of times and the worst of times. And so in the midst of conflict and hostility and war, we are going to see God's power manifested in a way that we have never seen before. That's why we're seeing an uptake in deliverance ministry. That I have I've been a believer for 34 years. And 32 of those 34, nobody was practicing. They were, but it wasn't. Anything it wasn't like this. It wasn't like this. And suddenly these people are coming on the scene on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And thousands of particularly younger people are watching them and 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 realizing that the issues they have, a therapist and a pill probably aren't going to help. Right but that the Holy Spirit can deliver them, mm. that the Holy Spirit, and it's amazing. And so I believe we're going to, that the Lord is coming in increasing measures of power. There are things that he is doing away with and has done away with that old model of church. It may have served a purpose in this time, that old wineskin, that old structure, but it became corrupted and the wine became sour. And God is building a new wineskin and a new structure. Mm. that celebrity christianity he has thrown it up out of his yeah. mouth that has made him sick he has this he is in the process of dismantling that old wineskin and something new is being burst in this new season it's we haven't stepped into the fullness of it in any way yet but it will no longer be about performance it will be about a demonstration of the spirit's power in our midst
1: mm, come on yeah and we were talking backstage about Like, like you were talking about the celebrity, whatever, you know, you getting your platform, me getting my platform and, and just the aversion we had to, to any kind of being put on a pedestal. And it was even maybe a reluctancy, but knowing that it was something that God was on. Um, but those days are gone of that celebrity Christian Christianity within the church and, um, you and know, it's painful.
2: It, it has been painful. Yeah.
1: You know, oh I absolutely. Know, I, I
2: mean, like, I know Jesus many people who yeah. have been part of those movements and they're good yeah. people. And and many of them are godly people. They just got caught up in a movement that 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 one degree at a time just started going off in the wrong direction and became about yeah. the wrong things. And the mm-hmm. and the Lord gave us a grace period. To repent, and we didn't, and so he is shaking it. I mean, even here in our little Northern Ireland, on Saturday, there in our national newspaper, there was a a two pages about churches that are imploding at the minute. (laughs) Um, Really? Yeah. And in this little country, so it's not just an American thing; it's happening here right now in real time, and uh, and and it's painful to watch because I know the pastors and I know the leaders and I know the people there, but if the Lord's behind it, we have to get, we have to say, Lord, whatever that sifting is, whatever you have to do, because you're coming back for a bride that's pure and spotless.
1: Mm. And I feel like um, maybe a way to look at this um, is, you know, God has been calling the church out of its buildings for so long. um, And maybe that was part of that grace period that you're talking about. But um, it feels a little bit like when you're, you're trying to sleep and you know you should get up and your mom's like, get up and you don't get yeah. up, get up yeah. get up and then finally she grabs the covers and just goes and, just and she shakes way, you. Ah, yeah no.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what I believe is happening. Yeah. I honestly the, the Lord gave us chance after chance after chance. Yeah oh, yeah, absolutely. And there came a point where he just said, I, I need to shake this. I cannot tolerate my bride looking like this any longer because mm-hmm. the days that we are coming into are too intense. They're too critical for a weak, wishy, washy bride who is more in love with the bride than they are with the bridegroom. The church became enamored with the church, not the lord of the church. Yeah, that's good. And I began, I, I, I watched it where people would would post how awesome their church was and how amazing their church was. And come to our church, tell me how awesome your Jesus is. Hmm. I don't really care that much about your church. I care about your Jesus. And here's what I discovered. And this was the really sad thing that there was some of those churches that closed here, probably 60% of the people never went back to church anywhere. Mm -hmm. Never, you know, they, they kind of lost their way because they were committed to the house, they were committed to the church, but they had never really fully made that expression of devotion to Jesus Christ. And their house was built on the wrong foundation, hmm. and we're going. The, the shaking will continue. The shaking, it we we're, we're watching it in re- again in real time right now. We're sh- we're seeing large movements being shaken across the globe. It will continue, and we we pray for those people who are caught up in that. And we we you know we don't want it, but we, but I also don't want the church the way it has been. I I, I don't want that performance, um, playlist, worship, celebrity pastor, uh, seeker-friendly, wishy-washy seven ways to have your best life, uh, you know, a 22-minute message just to keep people around. I I don't want that anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. There's,
2: There's a fear of the Lord returning to the house. There's a fear of the Lord returning to the church. There's a reverence. We're noticing it in our worship songs. I don't know about you, the songs that we're singing at the minute are about the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. They're about the greatness of God. They're about the grandeur of God. They're about the sovereignty of God. They're, they're declaration songs. Intimacy songs are wonderful, and there's still a place for those. But when you have a whole set of intimacy songs, it begins to you know, get nauseating. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God is my. I call them the "God is my girlfriend" songs. Listen, <laughs> I. I just. I, I don't mind one, you know. I don't yeah. mind one of us. I just I don't mind one. But I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, our criteria, our criteria right now is where is this song pointing? Is it pointing to me?
1: Yeah. Is
0: it
2: pointing to each other, or is it pointing to God? Yeah. Because at least in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I mm-hmm. had exalted In a time of crisis and a time of 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 of. of evil, in a time of turmoil, we must get a fresh revelation of who our God is. A wishy-washy, anemic God who's slightly bigger than us but not much different will not suffice and will not carry uh, us through a time like this. And that is why the Lord is stripping back his church and he is saying to his people, I need you to recapture a vision of who I actually am. But I am your father, yes, but I am holy, holy, holy. I am a God of justice. I am a God of righteousness. I am a God of purity. I am a God of perfection. And I will not tolerate a wishy, uh, uh, lukewarm, anemic church. Because I need a church that rises up and dares of warfare and steps out as the army of God who steps out armed with the with the with the sword of the Spirit and with the gifts of the Spirit to bring transformation to a world that is fearful and doesn't know where to turn.
1: Wow, and Craig, I I would love for you to speak to this um, just about because you were saying you know th- they're going to be. There's gonna be like two realities juxtaposed against each other, gory and glory, as you said um and I think being able to get ourselves into that place of being comfortable in that that discomfort um and um uh, because it's not there's a lot what I'm experiencing, and I'm sure you are as well as I'm experiencing both in my my life i'm I'm seeing there is a difference between and it doesn't mean you're not going to go through hard stuff. My wife and I are going through, um, a, a loss of a family member right now when it's really tough, you know, but I am noticing like, Hey man, if you're about God's business there, you feel a grace on, on yourself. If you're fighting to, to kind of hold on to normal and hold on to safe, that's actually caught co- that causes more disruption in my life. Um, And, and God is, is I'm always trying to lay my heart bare before him. So God can point out these areas that need to be surrendered to him. Um, But man, when I'm following him and I'm getting comfortable in the discomfort, there is, there is this grace. It seems like there's this grace. And I actually have seen great blessing that that's yielded from that surrender to him. Um, and so it, it really is that gory and glory, you know, of just like, man, this is this, this is not great, but God, look at this blessing that you've gi- given us in this area. Um, this favor you've given us in this area Ooh. as we stepped out and trusted you. Um, and so I don't know if you've noticed that too. Cause I mean, here's the thing that I've noticed, Craig is, is there's a lot of cr- crazy stuff happening in the world and that's not going to stop. No, I think that the last three years have proven that that's not going to stop right now. Like you were saying about the the 2020s in general, Yeah, but I have noticed that there are, there are believers that just focus on, Oh, this horrible thing's happening. This horrible thing's happening. This horrible thing's happening. And I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do about it? Because our God, the God we serve speaks a different word. And Mm. We're supposed to bring that to the world. We're supposed to walk that out. So I would love to hear your thoughts on everything I just said.
2: I, I mean, when we look at what happened in 2020, 2021, the church didn't do great. Let's be no, honest. No. The church really became as fearful as the world. Yes. And I feel like that was almost a trial run for what's ahead. Mm. And I, want, I, I pray that the church has learned their lesson. I really do. At one stage here, I think we were the only church open in the island of Ireland. Wow, man. I just, I made a decision. We're not closing. Yeah. We closed for the first few months because nobody really knew in the first few months what was of course. going on. And yeah. once it became very apparent that things were not as we were being told, yeah. <laughs> we reopened and, uh, and we never shut. And the, mm-hmm. I, I remember one Sunday I was preaching and uh, I looked down and there were four dark figures and the, the, the place were at the back of the church. I mean, they were called three times. Four. I mean, we went through it. Um, But in the midst of that, we saw God's blessing
1: mm-hmm.
2: where churches came out of that and they were 30 percent down. Their finances were down, da, 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 da. you know, I mean, that was the story of every church here in this. I don't know what it was like there, but here. Every church 30% down, young families have left, the giving's down 50%. Our giving doubled during COVID. Wow. Our our our, our we, we met with our landlord today to tell him we need to double our building because our we we just have outgrown the building. Come on. Because in the midst of the fear, we chose to say, you know what? Yes, things things out there aren't perfect, but our God is sovereign. Our God is and I will not be controlled. I actually preached a sermon about a month or two into the whole thing called, I will not be controlled by your fear.
1: Dude.
2: And and the church has got to, the the bottom line for me, and this is what it came down to, uh, Jeff, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What's the worst? It's death.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's a win. That's a win. Right, it's a win, yeah. I mean, honestly, that is where I landed. That if I, if I die, I go to be with Jesus. And if I don't die, I get to preach and minister and do what I'm doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll miss my family. I don't, I don't want to suffer. But if I die, I go to be with Jesus. Once you actually get to a place of... I think most Christians don't really, really believe in eternal life. I think we don't mm-hmm. really believe in resurrection. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we have it in our creed and our, and our, and our statement of faith. But if you really, really believe that the moment you stop breathing here, you go to be with the Lord and your your spirit goes to be with the Lord. And one day you get a new resurrected body. If you really believe that, why are you so terrified? That's good. And that honestly, for me, that became where I landed in the whole thing. I didn't mind losing my ministry. I didn't mind losing being thrown out of my denomination. I didn't mind losing members of the church, which we did. I didn't mind any of that. Because God had told me, you know, you need to stay open. You're not the close. And, uh, and, and so we pushed through it. And in hindsight, you know what? The blessing of the Lord has been all. Not, it wasn't easy. I'm not saying everything was easy. But the blessing of the Lord has been all over. And the bottom line is this, Jeff, and you alluded to this a second ago. Obedience always brings blessing. Mm-hmm. It might not show up at first as blessing. No, no. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it doesn't. But it always brings blessing. Yeah. Always. Ultimately. Ultimately, obedience, you know, always brings. I, I I just, and I think there's something, while we're seeing this global church thing happening with the sifting and the pruning and the shaking, what I'm discovering in my own life is that there's things that I can't get away with anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That,
2: the, that the, the Holy Spirit has got a magnifying glass, and you talked about search my heart. Oh God, I'm indigo. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it's almost like he's he's just like I dropped a piece of gum last week, and I walked on, and the Holy Spirit said, stop and pick that up.
1: Yeah, wow. and I,
2: spent, I must have spent fifteen. It was on a beach. I must have spent fifteen minutes searching for it. <laughs>
1: insane (laughs) you
2: know but i just the holy spirit it's just little silly things like that that are you just you Mm -hmm. tell a half truth and you don't even you're not trying to lie but the holy spirit said i want you to go back and tell them what the you know i want you to give the whole story there and Mm -hmm. it's almost like there's this purification coming in, in the individual believer as well and don't we see that in acts chapter five with Ananias and sapphira when there's this great move of God, when the Holy Spirit is moving most, most powerfully, the, the tolerance for sin in the church decreases. Hmm. And I really believe right now that we need to keep really short accounts with God.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And
2: the prayer is not that we become spiritual hypochondriacs constantly looking for things that are wrong in our lives. That's not what we do. But it is search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, I don't want to spend a moment far from you. I don't want to spend a moment out of your will. And when we do sin and if and when we do sin, we come to our knees. We don't wait three days until we feel rotten. We immediately drop to our knees and we repent and we get up and we get on with it. Hmm. These are days for short accounts. These are days for walking in holiness and purity and godliness and righteousness and a fear of the Lord. And Hmm. these are days for for quick obedience. That's what I love about the story of Abraham when he's asked to sacrifice Isaac. It said the next morning he got up, not the next month. There's something about quick obedience. And, And everything is, we are living in a season of acceleration. Everything, and I know the transition's slower. But with AI and with all the technology and all of that, everything else is moving quicker. And our obedience has got to be quicker. Mm-hmm. We've got to have real-time revelation. We've got to be saying, Lord, today, what are you speaking to me? Not, not yesterday's manna. Today's manna. What is the word of the Lord today, Lord? Where are you leading me today, God? How can I best serve you? Who can I encourage today? What's the thing in me today that you want to deal with, Lord? How can you use me today? It is a daily obedience in the same direction of pursuing Jesus. And Mm. listen, it it isn't easy. It is not easy, and we will wrestle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And that is the reality of life in this broken, fallen world. But as long as we're wrestling, as long as we're not just settling back and resigning ourselves to, well, look, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So let's just, you know, wait until Jesus comes
1: back. Yeah, hunker down, battened yeah. down the hatches.
2: Yeah. yeah, that is not the way, you know, God needs his church to be on the offensive. God needs his people to be out. These These are going to be days when people are going to be hungry for answers. They may not even realize it yet but they are going to be hungry for... for answers. And in the fear of 2020 the church was absent. The church was as fearful as the world. Yeah, if the church can hard. rise up in, the, in this decade and start proclaiming the truth of the gospel, start proclaiming that there's only one way and that is Jesus Christ alone.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit slash give and become a partner today.
2: Start proclaiming that that um You know, just the the fullness of the truth of the word of God, not the bits that, that culture likes and accepts, but the fullness of the truth of the word of God. If the church can rise up and do that, these are going to be glorious
1: days. Come on. I
2: believe, I really do believe that we are going to see the harvest that we have longed and prayed for for so long. When you look at massive revivals throughout history, they never take place when things are good.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Never.
2: They always take place when society is at its lowest point because that's when people recognize I can't do this. I I need,
1: I need God. Yeah. And it's obvious that the world is in transition, Craig, because even the world, like even non-Christians, there's this weird, just unsettling. Like if you grab like a, like a, a plant, right. And you grab it right at the base and you pull it out. And all the all the roots, like you realize, they're like all over the place, and it disturbs the soil. Like that's what it feels like right now. Like everything is, even people that aren't walking with the Lord, they feel something, even if they don't fully recognize it. They feel there's this just this disruption that I feel like has happened.
2: Yeah, Uh, and you can you can sense it. You know, you, you can just sense it in the atmosphere because what we see obviously in the physical world around us is a mirror of what's happening in the invisible spiritual realm
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: you know right now all around us there are angels and demons and yeah. more <laughs> the second heaven is
1: just gnarly yeah. right now <laughs> it's
2: not up there it's it's here the yep. sec- it's here it's all around us and yeah. so even non-belie, you know, non-believers are still created in the image of their creator, mm. and so they sense that they don't know the language to put to it. They don't know that it's a spiritual battle, but they know that there's something. I, I, it's like we're all waiting for something big to happen. We're just not quite sure what it is. Yeah. Uh huh. We're all waiting for, you know, the bottom to drop. out. We're all waiting for the the huge explosion. We're all waiting for this big event or something big, but we just don't know what it is. And we're watching the conflict in in ukraine obviously we're watching the conflict in israel which i i don't think is going to end anytime soon i think it's going to be a long protracted drawn out thing i think but i i think what we're going to see are more and more of those regional conflicts i don't think i don't think we're going to have a world war like we saw in the 20th century where you've got really two big global forces Mm -hmm. I, i think we we're going to see a world war and that there will be war all over the world, but they will be much more regional. Yeah. Middle, Middle East, Russia, Ukraine, African countries, maybe some South, you know, South America, whatever. Uh, I, think, I think that's that's the sort of war we're going to see because uh, I, I back, I guess, 100 years ago, 90 years ago, you could convince people through propaganda to go and fight in another country that they couldn't point out on a map. That that doesn't happen today. But no. you can't convince people to fight for the land that they live in right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. People won't go people won't travel three thousand miles and defend a land that they don't know the people there. But you will defend the land that you live on. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I believe we're going to see those regional conflicts. Because we're seeing this there's this greater division that we've seen in my lifetime or your lifetime. We've seen this, whether you call it the right or the left, the liberal conservative, whatever, it can be many different things, but there's mm. such a division right now. And, 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 we're going to see that, I mean, the next year with the election and in your own country, I mean,
1: Oh Lord, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether to visit next year. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: At the moment I'm in two minds, but, yeah. but I mean, really, that's when the craziness starts to happen. Um, you know, it just so happened that 2020 was the last crazy season. Um, and so that I, that's going to increase and that's going to, that's why we're going to see more and more of this, this conflict, this regional conflict, this intensification. We're going to see signs in nature. We're going to see, uh, all the stuff we read in scripture. I mean, Jesus said, these things must happen. Mm Mm-hmm he said these things so we don't like them of course we pray for peace we pray for the peace of jerusalem we pray for the innocents not to be slaughtered we pray for all of that but there in in another sense there's this, this this part of me that just says there are some things that must happen we might not like them they might be deeply painful we might not like the consequences of them but when you go and get a tumor removed from your body it's painful and you don't like it, but it's necessary. Hmm. And I think there that there's a sense where the Lord is purging in the midst of the pain right now. He is cleaning, he is clearing, he is doing a deep work, and all we see is the messiness of it, but the
1: Lord is doing a deep work right now. Hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what is God? I'm curious, because I hear a lot about America. I hear a lot of it. But like, what is what have you been seeing in Ireland? Because I think that's going to paint an interesting picture for a lot of Americans who, you know, because we get a lot of prophetic words about Mm. what God is doing in America. But I actually want to hear what God is doing in Ireland. And maybe even if God has shown you what God is doing, even in in Europe, you know, across the across the uh, short little distance for you. I'm curious. There is a shift happening right now.
2: There is a shift happening where I'm. It's it's not too dissimilar to um what you where there's that division where churches are traditionally god-centered, gospel-centered, conservative bible believing are veering off into heresy are become but then there's also this shift of others who are who are standing on the truth, who are standing. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing that the same as you're seeing there. Okay. I mean churches here are, are a fraction of the size. A mega church in Ireland is probably 300 people, 400 people. I mean interestingly, really. okay. And that's in the north and the, the south is the least evangelized country in the world. The Republic of Ireland, where we spent, we spent five years ministering there, but we are seeing this movement across Ireland right now where little churches, little spirit filled churches are springing up in every little village, every little town that maybe never had that. We are seeing this merging across the streams that it's not about denomination. It's not even about the network that you were once affiliated with. It is about heart connection. Mm. So I, I I preach in every kind of church, apart from my own denomination right now, because they just don't invite me. <laughs> I mean, literally, I was preaching in Cork, which is at the very far end of Ireland two weeks ago. It's a four and a half hour drive from here, which in Ireland is as far as you can go in the south coast. I mm. preached in a church of a thousand people. This is probably the biggest church in Ireland. 30 nationalities, the place was electric. Every Sunday, they're seeing seven, eight, ten people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Every single Sunday, they're seeing that happen. So there is something stirring right now. In our own congregation, what we're seeing is a greater freedom in worship. We're seeing people more responsive to the, the Holy Spirit. We're seeing something shift. And our prayer meeting, I drive into our prayer meeting on a Wednesday evening at 6pm, which is the most inconvenient time for families and people, yeah. and the car park is full. Wow. And it's one hour of solid intercession. Hmm. So God is bringing his people back to the core. To the You know, it's funny, on Sunday morning I preached about repentance and and about the gift of repentance and what repentance isn't. Then I went to speak at another church on Sunday night, and I asked what the pastor there, what did you speak on Sunday morning? He said, the blood. I preached on repentance, and his is at one of these modern churches as well. I preach on repentance, he's preaching on the blood. <laughs> you mm. know, like these are the, the, the fundamental foundational things that the church has been neglecting for so oh long goodness. because we were trying to give self-help messages yeah. that, that made people feel good. And what we were doing was we were putting a band aid over a deep wound, and it wasn't working. And so there's this sense of God is bringing His people back here in Ireland to the things that matter. The big conferences, honestly, I believe though, i have, I used to love conferences. I would rather I would rather be dropped in palestine with an israeli flag over my head right now than go to a, a major conference because i just i just have no heart for those big <laughs> christian events any longer mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. i don't mean that really
2: if you love conferences yeah, no. that's great. i yeah. just i i honestly i've had my fill of them i went to so many of them over 30 years where i just believe there's this sense of the metrics have changed. It's not about yeah. how many people you can get into a building. It's not about how big your building is. It's not about how big your budget is. It's about how hungry are you for the presence of
1: God? Mm. It's
2: how hungry are you to win souls to Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. It is. It's. It's. Are you pursuing the heart of God? And so that's what I'm seeing here in Ireland. And I'm seeing it spread across Europe. We were in Portugal there in the summer, just on vacation. But the week before we arrived there, a football stadium was full of people worshiping and praying. Now, Europe is the dark continent, and they had a football stadium with 30,000, 40,000 people worshiping and praying for three days. So there is something happening in Europe. And I believe mm-hmm. it's going to intensify and increase in the coming days. Mm-hmm. I believe the Lord is going to move. We are believing for I, I I, there's something on Ireland where we have always been a sending nation. We have been a nation that has sent missionaries around the world. And I believe that day is coming again where we're going to be sending out people mm-hmm. to 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 all the continents of the world Mm. to bring the good news of the gospel. But the other amazing thing is this, that we're seeing in the UK and Ireland, and the the fastest growing churches in Ireland, particularly the Republic of Ireland, south of Ireland, are African churches. Wow. They're bringing the gospel back. (laughs) And they're the most conservative, and they're the most Bible-centered, and the most Holy Spirit-filled. Love that. And that's the case throughout Europe. We went out to to Africa in the last hundred years and we brought the gospel. They're now bringing the gospel back to us and they're bringing the passion and they're bringing the fire and they're bringing the energy into Europe. And so there's also that shift that is happening right now. But God hasn't finished with the West. You know, for the last 30, 40 years, it feels like God has moved everywhere else apart from where you are not mm-hmm, it?
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: there was the South American revival, there's been the African revival, there's been the Chinese revival, there's been the revival in the Philippines, there's been revival in Korea, you know, in South Korea with Yonghi Cho and the big church of the media. It feels like everywhere's had revival apart from where I am. And you are. God has not finished with the West. Hmm. He has just needed us to get rid of the rubbish that has accumulated in the church over the last 50 years. Mm. And he is he is stripping us back. He is pruning us and he's bringing us back to the things that matter. Because if he had sent revival 10 years ago, what were the or awakening into the community? What were the people coming into? They were coming into a show. <laughs> they were yeah. coming into a wishy-washy, uh, seeker-friendly performance i god doesn't when when god sends awakening to your community and mine he wants people to come into a church where they're going to be fed the word of god yeah and so you know it always starts in the house judgment always begins in the household of god and so with what we're seeing right now we can be fearful and we can be mourning because of what's happening but we can also say of judgments beginning in the household of God, it's because Mm -hmm. God is wanting to bring the harvest in and he's cleaning up the church first before he brings the harvest. Yeah.
1: See, that's what I was just thinking of Craig is, is all this is happening within the church, you know, and I think attendance going down, I think people just walking away from the Lord period, I think um, has, has really forced the church. And then obviously going through COVID and all of that um, has has really forced us into this position of really like it's a fire that's there, whether we want it or not, but that fire is purified and it's yeah. purifying. And um, so that, you know, cause we've all looked at the church and been like, is the church a safe place for someone who, you know, isn't a believer and is in dire straits and is, is looking for guidance and, 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 and answers are they a safe place and for a long time we've been able to look at it and be like nah. i mean some people in the church are that are safe yeah. place you know like yeah. the church itself you no know? no um and i think that with the with the birth of or the reintroduction of smaller communities smaller communities of believers um that are genuinely seeking the lord together um has has that is beginning I'm beginning to see that as a place that, that is becoming safer. And as the the purification has happened within the church, it's almost like, okay, now the world, now, boom, now this mm. flashpoint in the world, where all of a sudden they're going to be like, I need answers. yeah, I need answers because this is crazy. And then the church is there having been purified to actually be what all of us had been praying and asking God to refine within us, you know, it's been a painful process. I hope that makes sense. No, I, absolutely. I'm, it doesn't. You
2: know? I, I completely agree. And I think the metrics have completely changed. Yeah, I do. I, I think the metrics have changed and I think we're going to see, I think there will still be a place for large churches. Absolutely. As long as those large churches are resourcing churches, as long as they're evangelistic churches, as long as they're churches that are reaching people outside the four mm-hmm. walls of the building, as long as they're not building empires, built on the foundation, or built on the personality of one man or one woman. There's always a place for large churches. There's always a place for house churches. I believe in all of that. But COVID, if you, if COVID was all it took for you to abandon your faith, your faith was probably not built on the right foundation. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus said the wheat and the tares grow together. And they look the same for a long time. And the wheat and the tears now are being sifted and separated. And so numbers are down in many places. But if we have a purer, stronger, you know, something happened in our church where there was somebody who, I'm going to be careful how I phrase this here. There was one of our core key members who was very resistant and quite negative and just about what God was doing and about my position over. And 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 I I was trying to accommodate them for a while because I genuinely cared about them. And the Lord said this to me. He said, if you have a bowl of hot water and you even put in a tiny bit of cold water, what does that do? It lowers the temperature of the entire bowl. And he said to me, that one person there, you're allowing them to lower the temperature of the entire church. Wow. You're allowing your love for them and your care for them and your loyalty to them to impact the the temper the spiritual temperature of this community. Let them go, <laughs> and we, we release them with and actually we're, we released them with our blessing, and they're happy, and we're happy, and God is moving. But but there is this uh, sometimes, particularly as church leaders, we want to hold on, and we want to love everyone, and we want to keep mm-hmm. everyone on board. Do yeah. You know what? Let them go. <laughs> if they're not if they're not in the same place as 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 you're going in terms of I, I don't mean that in a nasty way but you I know mean I if, you're, sure. if you're pursuing Jesus if you're going after the things of God and they're going in a slightly different direction let them fi- let them go somewhere else where they'll feel at home
1: yeah and do you feel like that's also kind of in step with I want to say it's in like first and second first or second Timothy when Paul says he describes Himenaeus and, and Alexander and he yeah. says, I gave them over to Satan. And obviously what you're talking about isn't necessarily that because no. I mean, this is a person that still isn't. Yeah, a no, this was someone who loved the Lord. But letting people go, I think is more the lesson that I'm extracting from what Paul was talking about. Of Like, hey man, like sometimes you like, you can't, it's sort of like it's something I say when you're, you're walking through, um, helping someone through something they're going through. You can't want that more than they, more do. Than they do. Yeah.
2: And as, as Christians, we always say, don't be unevenly yoked. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about that in terms of marriage. Yeah. And that's, that's applicable absolutely to marriage. But you can be unevenly yoked with believers. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. If they're at a four in their passion and you're trying to pursue Jesus at a nine or a ten, you're unevenly yoked. Mm-hmm. And if you have a community that you're trying to lead into the things of God and you've got twos and fours and threes back there trying to pull things back again, that's unevenly yoked and the whole thing topples over at some stage.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so so release them with grace, release them with God's blessing, but let them go.
1: Yeah, And that's even
2: in friendships and relationships. This major transition isn't just about ministry. It's not just a global thing. It's not just a career and a job thing it's also a relational thing that so many of our relationships have shifted in the last three, four years. I'm sure you're finding that yourself.
1: Oh yeah. My friend group has completely changed. Completely. Man. Completely. Like, yeah.
2: People you used to love hanging out with four years ago and you would have met every week. You're still friendly with them. If you maybe drop them a text every six months or whatever, you, if you see them somewhere, but you're not wanting to hang
1: out with them. And actually yeah, we're not running together anymore. And it
2: actually drains you. It yeah. used to, something that someone that used to energize you used to look forward to being with them you met you know you had a, every two weeks you met up for coffee you just you have nothing to talk about you have nothing yeah. in common it's like pulling teeth it's like strained it's like awkward you come home and you need a dark room for 3 hours to recover from the exhaustion of yeah. the conversation uh-huh. and and you know i i i had covid and my taste changed and it's never come back my taste same
1: yeah yeah now, my
2: taste my taste has come back but food mate everything tastes different
1: yeah there's a couple of a couple of things that taste they legitimately taste different things I that i used different. to love i
2: don't like anymore yeah <laughs> and things that i didn't like now taste better yeah and i think something similar has happened where our taste has changed or our pref something has shifted where, where where you just go i don't know what it is but and you haven't changed so it must be it's an, it's not you it's it's me
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i have changed and i don't want to be rude and i'm not trying to cut you off and i'm not trying to be you know i'm not trying to ghost you but arvel i think there's a point where you have just got to acknowledge this has changed and we're not in the same place any longer and i still care about you but we're not running in the same race any longer and yeah. that's okay mm. god sends people into your life for a reason for a season Or forever. And if you get those wrong, you put too much. If you, if somebody sends you into a life and some God sends somebody into your life for a season and you see them as a forever person, you put a pressure on that relationship that it was never meant to sustain. That's good. And those forever relationships are very few and far between. Very, Mm -hmm. very, very few and far between. Mm -hmm. Most of the people God sends into your life are for a reason to resource you, to encourage you, to help you grow, uh, whatever that is, for a reason, or they're for a season, and then they move on, and that's okay. And what I'm discovering, and I I, have a mentorship group, and I I, I said this to them last month, I said, who has felt more lonely and isolated in the last year than they've felt in their life? And probably 90% of the people raised their hand. And I would resonate with that. Oh, 100%. Sometimes I look at my cell phone and I'm like, is it working? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Am I that unpopular? Yeah. And I'm an introvert. Uh, I mean, so sometimes that's a good thing. But, but really, but it's actually, it's fine. Uh, but there's this sense of, I think a lot of people in this, there, it's this, again, it's that in between, where we have left certain people, certain groups, certain churches, certain ministries behind. And we haven't fully entered into the new relationships. And God has new alignments for us. And he has new people to put around us. He mm-hmm. definitely does. But we're in that hallway. And it's lonely. Yeah, And you're starting to feel like, goodness, Lord, I could actually really do with some people around me right now mm-hmm. who, who get me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm talking to my old friends now and again. And they just, it's like I'm speaking Chinese and they're speaking English. And it's just not. Yeah,
1: me. they get awkward. Like, the thing that's been weird for me, man, is like friends that are believers that hmm. like you know and and they get uncomfortable when you talk about god like <laughs> it's this weird thing where i'm like dude we're believers like I man we can I, talk about star Wars I even, but like, pastors, Jeff, I, I
2: even see it with pastors really honestly so it's not just even believe
1: it's pastors it's just like you suck the air out of the room when you yeah. mention Jesus. I'm like, yeah. dude, Are you're you talking about what the Lord is
2: doing, or you're yeah. excited about, you know, yeah. somebody has got healed, or or you've seen people saved, or you've seen people delivered, and they just look at you like just with this black expression. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, or or they just look like you've just sucked a lemon. And yeah. <laughs> and it's just like there's so there's some disconnect here. Yeah. Something has changed
1: here. And yeah. um,
2: that's probably not going to go back anytime. No, soon.
1: and I think you know, nor should it, you nor know, like it. do we really? I mean, like you were saying in 2019 we were all complaining, you know, but like it, you know, and then you like once you go through something difficult, all seems like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I kind of wish that, you know, and look, I'll I'll I'm I'm human, Craig. There are times when I'm like, man, I the the conflict is really getting to me today, you know, like the, mm. the tension in the air is get really getting to me today. Yeah, it would be nice to not have that tension felt. But I also remember what it was like back then and that I was longing for something more. And there was something in me that was crying out for something more. And there was a fire burning within me that was just like, there's something more. And, Mm -hmm. and, and now I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm, which is funny because I'm doing a, a show and, and, you know, it's like, that's the other thing craig is you can be in a transition you could be in that hallway and still see blessing you can still see good things come Absolutely. out of it you know the blessing and the burden go together
2: you know we have this kind of mentality of uh, you know life is full of ups and downs people mm-hmm. say it's not it's two train tracks running side by side of blessing and burden hmm. so in the midst of you've been through a, a loss recently and and yeah. I, we went through a loss in our family recently, my, or not recently, a few years ago, it was, but it was the biggest loss I've experienced. My grandmother died and it was, mm. it was really, it was the last grandparent and it was, so there was a, a a burden in that, but it brought our family closer at that time than we had ever been. And so there was this train track of the two things going together. During COVID, there was all the tension of me making decisions and people disapproving and the police and all of that. And yet we were seeing people come to faith. We were seeing the people come to church we were seeing so much good happening and, and so the two always go hand in hand mm-hmm. the two right. and always and sometimes you you mightn't see one because you're so focused on the other one normally you're focused on the negative but 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 the the blessing and the there's always a blessing yeah. in, every, in, in, in those seasons there's always a blessing but yeah. quite often you don't see those and you, the, the burden is so overwhelming and apparent sometimes that you you just don't see the blessing but God, I, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And I wouldn't want to be alive at any other time than I am right now.
1: Yeah.
2: Because there is something happening right now that if, if Jesus doesn't return, in 30 years, I'm going to be telling my grandchildren about it. Hmm. That in the 2020s, this is what happened, guys. This is what Jesus did. You know, this is the stuff of history books. I think we're living through. I really, genuinely do. Yeah. We are, and we the, were
1: all made for this too. Yeah, I think no one's exempt from. We were all you know, made for this. You know, but we are and on
2: just, a tipping point. We are on the precipice. Yeah. We're on this pivot of of just something is going, and and the Lord is going to move, and we mm-hmm. are going. And I just have this really strong. You know, Jesus said, "You will receive power." The church hasn't and might experience we have never walked in that power
1: no we have little yeah. moments little yeah. little whispers you but know, it's but, never
2: yeah. been the norm yeah and i have this i keep having this dream and this vision of lines of people outside our church and people in the car park praying and just cancer dropping off people. Wow. And, and people getting out of wheelchairs and deaf ears being opened and demons coming out of people. And I really do believe that, that for those who are hungry for this, God is coming in power. Wow. Unprecedented, wow. unusual power that we have never experienced before. Mm. I really believe that. It's, it's, it's almost like, is it a Revelation 11 or 12? The two prophets appear. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, where they have power. They have the power to command the heavens to shut up. They have and nobody could do anything because of the, the amount of authority that they carried. I believe these are days when the church is going, going to walk in their true authority, their true identity, and they're going to experience a supernatural power of God. Measure that is going to make everything else we have seen look like like nothing.
1: Mm, yeah, and I think too, like this is really t- th- this time is really testing our metal, you know, as, as believers. And um, I definitely want to be a man who speaks hope, and not yeah. a man who speaks despair and gloom and oh look what satan's doing i'm like everything satan is he's a copycat everything he's doing is in in reaction to what he's seeing god do that's why he does it it's like he he's not creative he's not you know like um that's why he could tell you the same lie over and over and over again yeah. like that's his that's his he, big he's so
2: unoriginal <laughs> yeah you know?
1: what a loser <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's
2: got a very small playbook and he plays the same things over and over again yeah. and and uh, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just I think honestly, we we are hope dealers. We are people yep. who deal in hope, yep. hope and and we have got to be a voice of hope in, in a
1: world of hopelessness right now. Yeah, come on, come on. All right, well, Craig, uh, this is fantastic, and I could just tell we can we could keep going. Um, but I want to uh, just like that an hour and ten minutes. Um, oh my goodness. But yeah, I would love for you to pray for people. I know, I know this has resonated with people, and so I would love for you to pray pray for people
2: yeah absolutely i would love to Mm. let's just take a moment let's just sense the holy spirit i sense the presence of the lord upon me Mm -hmm. i know you do Mm -hmm. and so holy spirit we welcome Mm -hmm. you into our room into the car into our our office into wherever we're listening to my voice holy spirit we welcome you and we pray for a fresh filling a fresh baptism of your presence and your power Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you speak to us? Would you speak through us in these days? And would you help us to be a people of obedience and a people of faith and a people who walk in truth in a world of of lies and deception and fraud? Lord God would you raise up an army would you raise up a people would you raise up warriors for Christ on the earth who carry the gospel who carry the word of God who carry the love of Christ who carry the 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 power of God into every place and space and our cultures and our communities and God let it start with me let it start with every person listening to my voice holy spirit anoint us afresh that we would do the works of jesus in our day and thank you that you have brought us here and appointed us for such a time as this mm-hmm. and i release your blessing over every person listening to me i release the blessing of the father the son and the holy spirit in
1: jesus name amen amen man And um craig how can people follow you Tell people about your books. All yeah. That stuff.
2: yeah. You can follow me on Instagram if you look up Daily Prophetic. You go to dailyprophetic.com. I have got five books. Uh, the tension of transition is the one that a lot of people have found helpful. There's one on the prophetic called "I Hear Yahweh," which covers every aspect of the prophetic. My most recent is called "The Blueprint," which is really dealing with some of the stuff we have talked about today, Jeff. The the global things, what's God doing in the church? The sifting, the 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 shifting, the 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 celebrity Christianity transition, all of that. So the the blueprint, all of those are available on Amazon. Uh, so you can find them wherever you are. And uh, yeah, you can find me on wherever you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly, mostly Instagram is the best.
1: Yeah. Business. Give him a follow on Instagram guys. you won't, you will not regret it. I promise. Yeah. It's a lot more of this. So we're talking yeah. About. <laughs> So, Craig, man, this is awesome. Josh, Thank you. So my honor. It
2: is, I, I yeah.
1: genuinely feel we could do another
2: three hours. Of oh, man, morning.
1: I was ready to go. Yeah. I feel like we're just hanging. I feel
2: like we're just hanging out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it and uh, it's been an honor to be. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me onto your platform. I don't take Absolutely. it lightly. I mean, the Lord bless
1: you, you and your ministry and all yeah. that lies ahead. Amen. I know that He has got so much work for you. Amen. Amen. I received that. I received that. So, everybody, have a blessed Tuesday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got part. Two of four of our teaching series on spiritual warfare with julie lopez and guys it is amazing and you are not gonna you're not gonna regret it it's such a necessary teaching for those who don't know she was a fifth generation witch god grabbed a hold of her and now she's serving the kingdom she speaks a lot having served darkness and the spiritual authority and hierarchy involved in that she has a lot of perspective in the spirit of how things operate and so it's going to be so valuable for you guys especially as we step into 2024 um so much to glean from her and you're not gonna regret it so that's at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time tomorrow we love you guys and we'll see you
0: then okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening